The Impeachment Witch Hunt with Greg Jarrett. The Democratic scheme to evict President Trump from office, which collapsed when a majority of the U.S. Senate voted to acquit him of impeachment charges, was an extravagant waste of time. The Senate, having tried Donald John Trump, President of the United States, upon two articles of impeachment exhibited against him by the House of Representatives, and two-thirds of the senators present not having found him guilty of the charges contained therein, it is therefore ordered and adjudged that the said Donald John Trump be, and he is hereby, acquitted of the charges in said articles. Sadly, amid today's feverish electoral polemics, rage has replaced reason. Impeachment was always a fatuous and frivolous exercise initiated by House Democrats. Their constitutionally cited grounds were incurably weak. They were driven by a visceral hostility toward Donald Trump. Democrats who supported Trump's impeachment and conviction were motivated by an irrational but overwhelming desire to avenge their loss of the presidency in the 2016 election, obscuring their reason and judgment. The politics of hate now predominates in Washington, D.C. Vilifying and demonizing Donald Trump is a blood sport. Not a single House Republican voted to impeach the president. Only one Senate Republican, Mitt Romney of Utah, who was a Trump antagonist during the impeachment proceedings, voted to convict the president on Article I, abuse of power, but acquit Trump on Article II, obstruction of Congress. There's a, uh, there's a hymn that is uh, sung in my church. It's an old Protestant hymn, which is, uh, Do what is right, let the consequence follow. I know in my heart that I'm doing what's right. I understand there's going to be enormous consequence. And, uh, and I don't have a choice in that regard. That's why, that's why I haven't um, uh, been anxious to be in the position I'm in. I, when I heard there was going to be an uh, impeachment investigation, as I heard the evidence that was coming forward, I dreaded the responsibility I'd have. Uh, but I was not willing to abdicate the responsibility given to me by the Constitution, nor to ignore my conscience out of personal and political uh, uh, significance, I mean, I, I, considerations. I mean, I, I had to follow my conscience. It was not at all surprising. Romney has a complicated and contentious history with Trump. Last October, you may recall, before he had even seen the evidence, Romney said the president's actions were wrong and appalling. Trump then fired back by denouncing the senator, calling for Romney's removal. That feud has not abated and will surely persist. So except for Mitt Romney, impeachment turned out to be exactly what it seemed all along. A partisan smear driven by political animus and personal disgust of everything Trump. But Americans recognized it for what it was. On the eve of Trump's acquittal, a Gallup poll showed that he had earned the highest approval rating of his presidency. The Democrats' dream of instigating a populist insurrection against Trump by damaging him politically was an embarrassing bust. Impeachment had the reverse effect, boosting the president's approval rating by a full 10 points. Americans are adept at spotting scams. And all of this was easily predictable. 
The two articles of impeachment were conjured up by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Representatives Adam Schiff, and Jerry Nadler. The impeachment articles were constitutionally anemic and bereft of any plausible evidence beyond assumptions, opinions, and multiple hearsay. Even accepting the accusations as true, the articles did not rise to the elevated standard imposed by the framers of the Constitution, that is, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Nancy Pelosi doomed her impeachment chances from the outset by commandeering authorities she did not have and manipulating the process through a series of subversive maneuvers. Pelosi launched the impeachment inquiry improperly, without approval from the full House of Representatives, and before she had even bothered to read a transcript of the July 25th telephone call between Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky. Pelosi then sanctioned secret hearings in a basement bunker of the Capitol, excluding three-quarters of all House members. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. The, action of the, tr- the actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Witnesses were threatened with prosecution if they didn't appear and deprived of legal counsel. The president was denied the right to participate, have his lawyers present, cross-examine witnesses, and see or hear the evidence. Republicans were prevented from calling their own witnesses or presenting evidence. Pelosi destroyed the fundamental principle of due process, which the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled applies to congressional hearings. When public hearings were eventually convened, the same due process violations were repeated over again. The entire proceeding was anathema to the principle of fundamental fairness. It was nothing more than a choreographed Democratic charade masquerading as an impeachment. Realizing that her evidence against Trump was based on nothing more than rank speculation by witnesses who magically intuited the president's motives as nefarious, Pelosi blitzed impeachment through the House with record speed. The impeachment process had to be abbreviated, the speaker argued, because Donald Trump was an imminent national security threat, a risk to democracy. She rushed to judgment, and her fellow Democrats followed her like lemmings jumping off a political cliff. Then Pelosi sat on the articles of impeachment for a month, completely undermining her rationale of urgency. 
her attempt to extort the Senate into capitulating to her demands of how the trial must be conducted proved to be a spectacular failure. Exigency, it turns out, was just another transparent deception. It was abundantly clear that Pelosi's personal and political disdain for Donald Trump was the motivating force. After insisting that impeachment was sad, somber, and heartbreaking, she gleefully announced that he's been impeached forever. She passed out souvenir impeachment pens like party favors. She openly celebrated with a fist bump on liberal Bill Maher's HBO show. When it was obvious that Trump would not be convicted in the U.S. Senate, Pelosi absurdly declared it will not be an acquittal because you don't have a trial if you don't have witnesses. Clearly, Pelosi knows nothing about trials. Stay right there. We'll be right back after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. If there was any question about Pelosi's hatred of Trump, she resolved it when she ripped up her copy of the president's State of the Union address like a petulant child. But Pelosi's biggest blunder was her decision to select Adam Schiff as the face of impeachment. After presiding over the majority of the House hearings with the aplomb of a snake oil salesman, Schiff was picked as the lead prosecutor for the Senate trial. Trump won the moment that happened. It was foolhardy for Pelosi to think that Schiff, a person with a long track record of deceit and distortion, would ever be accepted by senators as remotely credible. Who in the world could trust someone who, without conscience or regret, had peddled a multitude of exaggerations, misrepresentations, and outright falsehoods? It was Adam Schiff who spent more than two years claiming to have direct and ample evidence that Trump and his campaign had engaged in a collusion conspiracy with Russia to steal the 2016 presidential election. Except that he didn't. It was Schiff who stated with absolute certainty that the FBI did not abuse the FISA process. Except that it did. It was Schiff who argued that the warrants to spy on Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, quote, met the rigor, transparency, and evidentiary basis needed to meet the FISA's probable cause requirements. Except that they didn't. The Department of Justice admitted that at least two of the warrants were illegally obtained and without probable cause. It was Schiff who insisted that Christopher Steele, the British ex-spy who authored the largely fictitious anti-Trump dossier, was credible. Except that he was not, according to the Department of Justice Inspector General's report. It was Schiff who said that the FBI did not rely heavily on the dossier in seeking surveillance warrants against Page. Except that the Bureau did. The document was central and essential noted the Inspector General. It was Schiff who argued that Christopher Steele's work had been corroborated by multiple independent sources, except that it had not been corroborated at all. 
When Schiff's prodigious prevarications were eventually exposed, he never had the decency to apologize to the American people for misleading them in hundreds of televised appearances. Instead, Nancy Pelosi rewarded Schiff's mendacity by appointing him to oversee the impeachment charade. At the outset, Schiff delivered opening remarks that were a blatant lie, inventing significant portions of a conversation between Trump and Zelensky. Schiff later dismissed his fictional account as, well, just a parody, as if his false portrayal was perfectly acceptable. It seems that when Adam Schiff is determined to smear someone, the end justifies the means and truth becomes irrelevant. Thereafter, Schiff lied about the contact and coordination that he and his staff had with the so-called whistleblower. That whole purpose is being frustrated here because the director of national intelligence has made the unprecedented decision not to share the complaint with Congress. Um, We were informed of this fact after the seven-day period in which the director has to review it and submit it to Congress had expired. No complaint was provided, and the inspector general felt it necessary to inform the Congress that that complaint was being withheld. In the absence of the actions, and I want to thank the inspector general, in the absence of his actions in coming to our committee, we might not have even known there was a whistleblower complaint alleging an urgent concern. That earned him four Pinocchios from the Washington Post fact-checker who called his statements flat-out false. A columnist for the Chicago Tribune described Adam Schiff as the Inspector Javert of the Trump impeachment theater. It is an apt description. Schiff's unhinged obsession fed his countless embellishments of President Trump's motives in asking Ukraine to examine former Vice President Joe Biden's demand that Ukraine fire a prosecutor who was investigating the company that employed Joe Biden's own son, Hunter Biden. Incredibly, Hunter Biden was paid an exorbitant $1 million a year to serve on the board of directors of the Ukrainian company, even though he had no experience or expertise involving either the energy industry or Ukraine. Was Joe Biden misusing his high office to protect his son? A legitimate and important question. Adam Schiff conveniently ignored the Bidens' behavior, even though it was obviously and objectively suspicious. By any reasonable standard, it merited the investigation that Trump requested. Suspected corruption was a legitimate reason for President Trump to ask Zelensky to look into the conduct of the Bidens. Even if there might be some ancillary electoral benefit of the investigation down the road, Trump's request was justified and clearly did not constitute an impeachable offense. In reality, there's a political calculation to nearly all presidential actions. That does not make them impeachable. Of course, the liberal-leaning media fawned all over Adam Schiff. They called his opening statement brilliant, masterful, dazzling. His closing argument was greeted with an equal measure of adoration. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow gushed on Twitter that Schiff's argument was, quote, 
one for the ages. She ventured that it might be taught someday as the seminal opposition speech from this era in presidential and Republican Party history. Maddow's tweet, of course, was met with well-deserved mockery. Many regarded Schiff's argument as a nauseating blend of histrionics and hysteria. For the better part of an hour, he waxed on and on about honesty and virtue. This from a man devoid of both. Schiff repeatedly accused Trump of trying to cheat in our elections, past and future. He warned that Trump could offer Alaska to the Russians in exchange for support in the next election and that he would sell out his country for a political favor. Schiff's outrageous embroidery was more destructive than constructive. His failure to persuade even a majority of senators, much less the two-thirds supermajority required under the Constitution to remove a sitting president, was a humiliating defeat. This is President Trump the day after he was acquitted. I've always said they're lousy politicians, but they do two things. They're vicious and mean. Vicious. These people are vicious. Adam Schiff is a vicious, horrible person. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. And she wanted to impeach a long time ago when she said, I pray for the president. I pray for the president. She didn't pray. She may pray, but she prays for the opposite. (laughs) But I doubt she prays at all. And these are vicious people. But they do two things. They stick together. Historically, I'm not talking now. They stick together like glue. That's how they impeached, because they had whatever the number is, 220 people. So if they don't lose anybody, they'll be able to impeach anybody. You could be George Washington. You could have just won the war, and they say, let's get him out of office. I will say, it's genius on the other side. Maybe even more so, because they took nothing and brought me to a final vote of impeachment. That's a very ugly word to me. It's a very dark word, very ugly. They took nothing. They took a phone call that was a totally appropriate call. I call it a perfect call, because it was. And they brought me to the final stages of impeachment. But now we have that gorgeous word. I never thought a word would sound so good. It's called total acquittal. Total acquittal. So. History will not be kind to Donald Trump, intoned Adam Schiff. He is wrong. History will not be kind to Schiff and Nancy Pelosi. For political purposes, they abused the power entrusted in them and damaged future presidencies. I'm Greg Jarrett. Be sure to pick up my new book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.